Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show. This week's micro show is about selling yourself short. Have you ever done it? I have. It is awful. It stings. Today's episode is brought to you by Outside. These are the fine people who bring you titles like Outside Magazine, Ski Magazine, The Yoga Journal, Climbing Magazine, Warren Miller Entertainment, and more. Now here's the deal. When I was coming up as an action sports photographer, Outside Magazine was the place to get your photos published. And it still is today. To me, that's absolutely incredible. Except now they also have lots of other ways to get your work out there in the world. Now, specifically what I wanna call your attention to today is that I am a judge for the inaugural Outside Awards, the Outside Photo and Film Awards. This is where you can win a ton of cash. If you are one of six finalists, you win $5,000 cash. And then if you are a People's Choice winner, you win an extra $10,000 plus you get a ton of exposure, which I'll share with you in just a second. But I do need to let you know that I'm judging this thing, right? I'm judging this alongside legends like Jimmy Chin. You probably know he's a legendary climber and photographer. He's also the director of the Oscar-winning documentary Free Solo. I'm also judging with climber Sasha DeJulian, skier Lindsay Dyer, and that legend Olympic gold medal skier Johnny Mosley. Now, in addition to getting your work seen by these judges, and in addition to this cash. Whether you're a photographer or a filmmaker, you get a chance to get your stuff seen. The filmmakers, for example, the three top winners get to tour with the Warren Miller film for the entire winter and compete for that people's grand prize. So like right there, that's 100,000 people getting to see your film on the big screen. Now there's also all, all sorts of other perks like you get to appear in Outside Magazine, Ski Magazine. So the exposure to these judges, the prizes, the visibility as a photographer or a filmmaker is unheard of. Nothing like this existed when I was coming up and I think this is an amazing fast track for your career as a photographer or a filmmaker. Now, again, the punchline is there is some urgency here. You have to get your entries in by July 31st. That is a hard deadline. And how do you do it? That's a good question. Go to outsideonline.com slash awards. That's outsideonline.com slash awards. Don't delay. You got to get your stuff in by July 31st. Okay, now back to today's episode. share a little story here. I um, was way back in high school and I was identified by a selection of coaches. These were both football coaches and soccer coaches, but they identified young chase as a very high performing athlete with a lot of potential to play sports at a high level. And that is one of the roles of high school, right? And when you're, you know, in grade school and junior high, you're having fun with sports. And then when high school comes along, it starts to get a little bit more serious. Well, I was identified as one of these folks that might be able to play at a higher level. And as a result of this sort of discovery that the coaches made, and I would say subsequent label that I um, either was given or adopted or however, however we want to think about it uh, as a result of the label and in an effort to maximize my potential, I started getting uh, special treatment, I would say. And one of the special ways that I was treated was by being introduced to a sports psychologist. Now, this sort of cuts both ways. Like, should, you know, high school kids be treated differently? Well, ones that have math aptitude at this point, you start to say, wow, you know, 
she is really good at math or in this case for me as a, as a jock, uh, wow, he is really good at sports. Let's help and see, you know, how much, um, better we can, or how much assistance we can provide to maximize the potential in this kid. It could come from a good place. Right. So I was introduced to this sports psychologist who at the time specialized in, or sorry, who specialized in what at the time was a cutting edge practice called visualization. Now, again, keep in mind, I went to high school a while ago. And so uh, this is not necessarily new, um, but it was at the time and just go with me on this story here. This this idea of a visualization is still true today, but at this time, it was the process, and in this case of sports, it was a process where athletes were taught how to augment their physical training with training their minds. And the way that I was trained in this regard was to visualize my desired outcome as if it was already true. You see yourself scoring a goal or a touchdown. You see yourself being successful in small ways and ultimately achieving whether it was, you know, whatever outcome you desire, I'll just leave it at that. And again, keep in mind, this was the late eighties. So this was a new field, um, but it was integrating across professional and Olympic sports. So I was of course, extremely lucky to have been exposed to this um, in both, you know, in Persian sessions and, and white papers and books that I was given at the time. And all of which I would be remiss not to say that I, I devoured the stuff because it was really seductive to me. And I of course wanted to become the best version of myself even way back then. Now, the cool part about being exposed to this in the way that I was and at a time in my life is that this, this, this practice of visualization actually became a habit for me. Or I talk about that and that, that feels like it's passive. I made it a habit. I visualized every day, sometimes multiple times per day in actual sessions. It wasn't dissimilar to say my meditation practice today. And as this visualization process became a habit, I was especially focused in leading up to my senior year, the, the sports that I was playing, both football and soccer at the time, um, in the region of the country where I grew up, uh, football was in the fall and soccer was in the spring. So I was able to do both. Um, but in both of these endeavors, I began to visualize exactly how I perform exactly the number of points that I would score, um, how I would score them. And we'll just specifically, we'll, we'll keep it to this example of soccer. I was visualizing the, the number of goals of, of goals or points rather assists and goals that I'd score, which would my belief at the time, lead me to receive an athletic scholarship at the college of my choosing. And this is where the story gets weird is that all of this visualization that led up to my senior season, all of the visualization around this exercise of how many points I'd get actually came true, exactly true to the number. I remember saying, holy shit, WTF, it worked. And then, you know, that was the, wow, what sort of fulfilling prophecy that I just create and how powerful is this? And then I, I, that was the first thought. And then the second thought was like, oh my God, that stings. Why in the hell did I set the goal so low? That wasn't low, but I would say it was reasonable, right? Why had I set a goal that was on reflection, 
typical, reasonable, and this is the purpose of today's micro show. You see, I set those goals because my belief in what was possible for me was things that were up to that time reasonable for other people. You see, I was playing it safe. I was visualizing what is a, it's a solid goal that if I hit this goal, man, I would be, you know, I would be the receiver of many scholarship offers, which happened. But to this day, I really have a problem with playing it safe. I wrote about it at length in Creative Calling. I do everything I can in my daily practices, meditation, mindfulness, awareness, to not say, not play it safe. I think it's the riskiest time in the world to play it safe. Playing it safe, that mentality actually blends in and fades away, right? The goals stop becoming interesting. They're neutral or lukewarm, but let's be real. The safety of an achievable goal is an illusion at best. You're just as likely to be able to achieve an unreasonable goal as a reasonable one. You've heard people talk about it's actually easier to make a million dollars than a hundred thousand. And for many, that doesn't make sense. And yet the process that one goes about when you set out to make a million dollars is a different process than setting out to make a hundred thousand dollars. So again, safety is an illusion at best. And that gets me to the punchline of this story of today's episode. If you play it safe, you will get the mediocre results that you deserve. Now, I can't say that this experience has transformed all of my results, right? I still fail plenty, a ton, but this experience has helped me understand all too clearly that I am the limiting reagent to every equation in my life. That is not to say that external events won't have an impact on my life. They absolutely will. But that actually doesn't contradict the fact that I still am my own limiting reagent. Because when these external things happen to us as life does, it's not what happens to us, it's how we respond, right? This is a central tenant to stoicism. I am my limiting reagent across every equation in my life. So this week, I would love for you to ask yourself a series of questions that I hope will unlock, help you reflect on your own goals and dreams. I'm going to give you four. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Write it down or press pause. Dream up a few things right now. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Save the answer to that. Post it on the bathroom mirror. Look at it often because there's some part of you that needs to be doing more of that thing. Here's another question. What if you set a goal and achieved only 80% of it? Could you be satisfied with the results? Or would you ratchet up that original goal? That's thing two. Thing three, what would have to change? Would it be your psychology, your self-discipline, your self-belief? What would have to change to set a few dream targets for this one precious life? I'm not talking about a bucket list. I'm talking about how do you want to spend your time? Who do you want to spend your time with? What would have to change for you to set a few dream targets for this one precious life? And finally, number four, what can you do today? As in today, between what you're listening to this show right now and when you go to bed, what can you do today to create a series, to begin a series of habits such that if you had these habits on lockdown, you couldn't possibly fail. Make this list today before you go to bed. Bookmark this post, come back and listen to it again. What can you do today to create a series of behaviors such that if you turn these behaviors into habits, you couldn't fail. As I said a second ago, today is the riskiest time in human history to play it safe. Don't be the thing 
that's standing in your own way. And I will remind you that if you are a subscriber to my weekly email, chasejarvis.com slash email, if you're signed up for that, you will remember that this was inspired, that today's show was inspired by a newsletter that I sent out not too long ago that received an insane response. It's one of my most popular responses. I've had hundreds and hundreds of people wrote back their goals, their dreams. So if you're more interested in getting some stuff like this and you want it in your inbox, no spam ever. It's very easy to unsubscribe if you change your mind. Um, do go check out chasejarvis.com slash email. This is where I post uh, on a mostly a weekly basis some of the things that I'm pondering, experimenting with, um, doing or discovering. You can sign up there and it's very easy to opt out if you decide it's not for you. But um, again, I wanted to share it here in a different format to help reach as many people in this community as possible. And I want to say thank you for listening. I hope you have an amazing day, a week. And until the next episode, I bid you adieu. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests, either on social media or through my text community, all of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive, positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing the show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together. Mm-hmm.